Be quite cut the music. We're back. Sigs Inside Podcast episode. We just went over this. 48 here. Episode 48. Uh, college football, regular football, and then tiny bit of baseball. This is all pretty much just a warm up before we start talking hoops uh, later on in the session. Uh, probably a different pod, though. Uh, yeah, a lot of shit going on. So it is October 12th right now. Kind of crazy to say. We've had one full round of the playoffs. Uh, one of us has a team remaining right now. My team scored one run in 24 innings. More on that during the offseason. But uh, yeah, as things stand now, uh, Braves Phillies about to get going here in about 15 minutes or so after their rain delay. But uh, yeah, I guess we'll we'll start with, we can start with the playoffs. Uh, Seattle floor is yours for this um to start i guess uh take us through that wild card series we don't need to talk about last night's uh last night's walk off but uh just kind of take us through that uh (laughs) that wild card series and uh what was there ever was there ever any doubt um i mean i guess well, in the first game, no. The first game was honestly like super chill and like super good vibes. Like for like having really never watched the Mariners in the playoffs before. I mean, I was five when they made the playoffs in two thousand one, so I don't really remember that at all. Um, and uh, like, I really feel like I really feel like uh, that was such like a, a stress free experience from what I'm normally used to, like for watching postseason baseball. Then game two was happening. And then like fucking Teoscar Hernandez was going nuts. And um, when it, I, I just felt like when it was the sixth inning and the score was where, where it was at, it was eight to one. And I still felt like, well, you know, this isn't insurmountable. They just have to get going immediately. It wasn't a sense of like, okay, like, it's we're doomed it was a sense that okay well this next this this next game three is probably going to happen so just thinking forward to that or just kind of just i was also just kind of thinking that well this team can come back they've done it all year and they've had the most come from behind wins in baseball in the regular season um so why not and that's what happened i mean the team has just been built to come by come back from those kind of deficits because of how good the bullpen is and just the power all throughout the lineup. Um, so I, I really feel like, I really feel like the Mariners just kind of showed off their strengths in that wild card series. And that carried over definitely into a lot of the game yesterday, um, except mainly for the bullpen part, but um, you know, with Castillo going into game two tomorrow, I really feel like uh, I really feel like the Mariners have a great chance, to be honest, to be able to tie up the series. I mean, we gave up a ton of prospects to go and get him, and he's been phenomenal and just as good as he was with the Reds um, and even, you know, better now that we've entered into the playoffs. So, um, I mean, this is a must-win game, in my opinion. Go 1-1 going into Seattle. I feel like that would just uh, give the team a lot of confidence, you know, and I think, I think uh, this weekend in Seattle is going to be a ton of fun. I'm going to be at both games. 
So I just can't wait. Yeah, it's crazy too. I think Castillo is probably one of two total deadline deals that actually worked out. Uh, with the other being Rezal Iglesias to the uh, to the Braves. Other than that, it's it's been pretty uh, pretty ugly. Uh, Bader Montgomery probably worked fine for both sides, especially after Bader hit that massive home run last night. But uh, you know, I will say though, it's been kind of strange. It feels like the baseballs. I don't know if anyone else has noticed this. I almost feel as if the baseballs are carrying more again in this round because there have been a few like the Matt Olson home run against the Phillies. Uh, Yesterday, I thought it was just a fly out to center and the thing ended up like 430 or something like that to dead center. It was, I feel like there might be some funky shit going on there again. Yeah, even though um, this wasn't, it ended up not being a home run because Kyle Tucker caught it. Uh, but there's a Julio fly ball that looked like that was about to hit the, that would go to the stands. And I don't know, maybe that, would, that wouldn't have been, you know, when it probably wouldn't win as far if that was like a regular season game, but it definitely seems like that. Yeah. That's, this has been an ongoing theme throughout the year. The ball has been changing the beginning of the year. Yeah. Is, you know, it's they're definitely, it's they're definitely doing things. <laughs> yeah, I wish, uh, you know, the Rays could have definitely used some of those uh, baseballs carrying a little more against the guardians, but uh, <laughs> they got lost you know, in the mail. They had the old guys. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean the 12 o'clock start, it's hard to get there for those. Um, yeah, no, it's been it's been definitely very fun to watch. Uh, I'm guessing, barring any kind of insane developments in baseball, that's probably going to be the most in-depth that we go on it until like a World Series uh, preview. Um, so yeah, on to, I guess, things that are actually in progress. Uh, not, sorry, not in the middle of the playoffs, I think is a better way of putting it. NFL and college football. So my team sucks. We are one, three and one right now. Uh, so I'm simply going to get that out of the way. Damien Pierce is my favorite for rookie of the year and my favorite <laughs> rookie probably of all time. Um, not Seattle's not Seattle's. Nope. And not that's okay. <laughs> and that is okay. 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 He'll, okay. he'll learn. <laughs> I never said he was bad. I just said to clarify what was going on here. So uh, a a few days ago, um, I was talking about how I felt like Damian Pierce for fantasy football purposes was not going to be like an elite running back next year or in the, or in the future, just because I feel like Houston will probably bring in another back um, at some point, just like what happened last year with the Jets and Michael Carter and Brees Hall, I don't not necessarily to that extreme, but there will be ne- there will be more competition in the fold. So it's just from a touches aspect. I just don't know at the rate at this. Like he, I just don't know if he's going to keep producing at the rate that he is right now. And but I do like him as a player, and I, I you know I feel like he is uh, very intriguing especially from a, you know, um, a yards after contact perspective. And I think that's pretty apparent just by watching yeah. him play. Um, but yeah, uh, I, th- I honestly, I kind of agree now. I think it's going to be like a J Rob to Etienne type situation for, uh, yeah. for the Texans. Just, They're both going to be relevant, but I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. 
yeah, no, for sure. And I, I think maybe that wh- how I worded it maybe originally was a little bit more negative. So yeah, you um, came off yeah. as a big hater originally. <laughs> uh, but yeah, well, maybe we'll have to publicize the text and everybody else yeah. can decide. But yeah, um, they can. Yeah. yeah, the listeners at home can but figure yeah. it out. Anyways, yeah, the Texans continue. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, we're one three and one. Not the worst team in the league, miraculously. We've also been competitive in all of our games until the fourth quarter, which best that's easily the best way to tank, especially with how uh, how bad our roster can look at times. Um, Fun rookies, though. Him, uh, Kenyon Green, uh, Singley got his first pick last weekend and then returned it for yeah, a gain of, gain of one yard. Um, and then uh, Jalen Petrie as well from Penn State's been a phenomenal safety. So it's definitely bright spots. Um, Davis Mills, uh, no, no comment really there. But, uh, you know, things are going the, – he hasn't been horrible, but like it's just like there's the, like there's clear that there's just probably no upside there. Yeah, I got to see more than just flashes at some point. I mean, I think the biggest issue too is like if you have Rex Burkhead on the field with him, he is throwing to Rex Burkhead. I I don't know why, but the team is in love with Rex Burkhead, and I disagree with it significantly. They're not even my most you know I'm I'm satisfied with them. The one team that and we'll kind of get into this biggest disappointment here uh pittsburgh what the yeah fuck? they fucking stink <laughs> like i was wrong their offense is so bad and it's I, like it's not a lack of talent i don't know i think Play it's dead. a, a yeah. combination of bad line <laughs> and matt canada has no creativity in his offense and i mean they're Trying to get Kenny Pickett rolling um, involved, but which can be a transition after you started the year with a different guy. But um, I mean, they have it's not like they have a lack of weapons, so I don't know what it is. They are not good though, and something's got to change on the offense or else they're gonna not win very many ball games this year especially if TJ Watt keeps being out. Yeah. And it def- yeah, defensively it seems like they've really regressed. Seems yeah. like they've almost given up. They give up in games cuz they they know the offense isn't going to do shit. It's uh it, it's been ugly. It definitely has. Um I don't think it's fair to make any kind of determinations on Kenny in a negative way this year even though no. it's be very easy to um but granted it's like he has to do so much in his power like he has to do so much more than he probably can at this point to try to win games and like you said it's a transition so can't judge him much uh Najee Harris stinks yeah not good it's pretty much been regression across the board and the funny thing too is like when I look at like would they be better with Juju I don't I don't think they would because he's also like invisible now as well. Yeah. Um, Receiver talent is also not the problem. Like Deontay yeah. Johnson's yeah. better than Juju. Pickens is Deontay has been good. Same amount of production that Juju did all last year. And then in Muth, a person. Fire like, Muth. They're good. 
Yeah, I mean, I Claypool, I think he just needs to start TikToking again. That'll get him on track. <laughs> they just need one TikTok viral star, and then they should be good. But I, I do agree. I, the Steelers are just very disappointing, and they're boring as shit to watch. So, mm-hmm. watched, they like they're never on the they're never on red zone, so I never see them. So, in my opinion, they don't exist. Yeah, they're running just a very bland, boring offense with when you have a bunch of sports cars in the in the arsenal. Yeah, um, Tom Little figure it out. They'll probably still finish like five yeah. somehow. I'd probably move on from Canada, but it's tough midseason. It also feels like the players don't usually the the players don't have as much support for Tomlin as like it's, as in past years. Um, so I don't know. I think it's just like the team is getting really young, and they're not adjusting to fit for that kind of style of play. Um, and I think with Najee. Um, just the lack of usage in the passing game. And I think there's like the transition from like big Ben to these new style of quarterbacks, you know, has really affected the offense because it's like, he had so many uh, receptions at this point to the season last year. And it's just, it's a good part of their offense is completely absent now. Um, And I think that's, you know, especially when you have a young quarterback, I feel like, you know, it's not necessarily a bad idea to encourage, like, you know, to dump off to the running back, especially, you know, somebody like Najee, who's, who, who's been effective, but there's also been this list Frank foot injury that he had in the preseason. That's been, I feel like kind of nagging him a little bit. Um, and he's just been playing through it, which probably has not been a smart idea. Um, but there, so there may be a point that this like where he they just like shut him down if like they're just completely out of the, the postseason race. But I mean, yeah, no, I, I it just seems like the the, the way they planned the season two has is kind of backwards. I pro like I know that Trubisky wasn't really doing anything and they had to bring like pick it in, I guess, to kind of bring in some life and confidence to the players. Um, but it's just their schedule right now is brutal. And it's like, why would you want, you know, your rookie quarterback, like his first games to be like against the Bills, the Bucks, and I think they play the Eagles soon. Like, yep. it's just like, it seems like fucking ridiculous. It's like, that's just like, okay, then when you like, then you go to the bye week and it's just like, you're just going to look at, um, you know, a highlight reel of failure. It just doesn't really seem like a good recipe for success, in my opinion. So I don't know. It just, it just, it just feels like they're, they're very desperate at this point. It's funny too, because when you go from like a team like the Steelers, like we said, that had all the talent, like receiver core and stuff like that. And then look at a team like the Giants right now, who four and one, no healthy receivers at all. Um, yeah. David Sills, and, man. Yeah. And yet they continue. Beast, bro. Yeah. Like they continue balling. They're uh, Ojalari's starting to practice this week. Um, He's a beast. Which would be huge. Did I screw that up? Who's the oh yeah. Ojabo? Ojabo. Oh. Who who is the Michigan? No, Ojabo. he's on the Ojabo Ravens. plays for the Ravens. He's on the ah, Ravens. Shit. Okay. Well, Ojabo and other news is starting to practice this week. Um, <laughs> I think massive. I think you were right with the Giants though. Ojalari's yeah, been oh, out. Uh, yeah, Ojalari is. Uh, yeah, but still, like they they're fun to watch too. 
Um, and Andrew Thomas, I, you know, PFF, love him or hate him. Uh, they give me numbers that I can rank players on that I might not otherwise be able to do. So in this case, I'll, I'll love, him. love uh, him. Andrew Thomas, number one left tackle in the league. Yeah. Which is awesome. People were number writing two. him off. Yep. Number ben two is Darren Shaw. Ben Bredesen's yeah. number one guard in, uh, in my heart. So. Yeah. Tunsil's number, number three. So it's, uh, They've been they've been very fun to watch and kind of like as we alluded to as well, not healthy either at all. Um, I think Daniel Jones needs more time with this team, and that's does da- does Dable even want like Tony? Does he want those guys? Like I don't even know. Like because when Tony's like healthy, he doesn't even see the field really. Like is are those? Does he even want Tony? Does I, he I, want? I, he do- obviously doesn't want Galladay. <laughs> My, yeah. my fantasy teams would love to know. <laughs> I could see, I could see a clash, a clash of uh, of character there. It yeah, also I, seems like like they got got to kind of pick between Wandale and Tony. Maybe not like specifically like cut one, keep one, but like the, I feel yeah. like they're going to play very similar roles in the offense. They could use Tony a lot more than they do. Like they try to use Tony as like a gadget guy, but I feel like he's just like a straight up good receiver. Where Wandale, I feel like you're gonna have to like run more specific plays for him. Um, but like we don't even know because Tony injures his hamstring every single game. So and I think that's a lot of the reason why he hasn't like even at the start of the year when he was healthy. I think it's because he's missed like he's always hurt, so it's very hard to like try to pick up a new playbook try to get guys integrated into a system um whereas when you look at kind of some of their more healthy guys in the receiving core which oh by the way it existed before sterling shepherd got his knee demolished by turf um yeah ban turf yeah not a fan of i'm a fan of turf for i'm a fan of turf for lacrosse games as a goalie that's about it um but you know when when you look at some of their more healthy guys they have obviously like no shit they'll get more playing time but they were the ones getting more of the more of the looks too and uh Barkley too has been holy fuck so good just like this is the guy that got drafted like this is this is why he got drafted where he did and you know what is it four years later five years later uh he's here now again um, he looks like his rookie stuff like he looks about the same as his rookie self in terms of like what you expect from Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. Like he's always had it. It's just either a garbage line or injuries or both. Yeah. Usually both. Yeah. So, oh. I think he trusts his knee too. Not again. I, I agree. He looks so explosive every single fucking yeah. play. I hate him. I hate the giants. They embarrassed us. Jalen Smith too. has been balling for them as well. Fucking he had a nice, uh, nice little week. Uh, nice little week last week. Um, and it's crazy too, because you know we're hyping them up and everything. They're third place in their own division right now. You've yeah, got division is. <laughs> you've got the no commanders sense. at one and four. Who, I, they're, they're, bad, they're bad. But I, I don't think they'll finish with like four wins. I think they can get six. They're better um, than one and four for sure. They're better but... than one and four. I think that's what I'm looking for. But then you know the Cowboys oh. four and one with Cooper Rush, and that defense is buzzing. They look. Why are they good, good now? Like week one, they're just like yeah, they, they look like the worst, like one of the worst teams 
not the one of the worst teams, but they looked like a bad team. And now all of a sudden they're Dak. just is, but like <laughs> how much of it is Dak, Dak and how stinks. much is it just like there's no way I mean they're not gonna not start Dak when he comes back, but like do you think there's a chance that Cooper Rush gets the his job back? If like if Dak comes back and struggles, would you replace Coop would you replace him with Cooper? I don't think you put Dak in until you lose a game. You can't take out the hot that. hand. McCarthy's uh, I don't yeah, think I, guy, Jerry so. Jones calls the shots. That's true. That's true. That's very true. So as for the what happened in week one, I think it speaks to the Bucks defense and how gross that defense is. Um, not to say Dak himself didn't play bad as well. Yeah, they look, but, they look so gross against the Chiefs on primetime. Yeah, you know, I think if it takes the Chiefs offense, I who <laughs> I was very wrong about, um, like they've been able to shut out everyone else uh, pretty easily. Now we'll see how they do against the vaunted uh, Pittsburgh Steelers this week. Gosh, they got Pitt. They have Pittsburgh and then Carolina. Like who's there might making be ten this? points scored there? Combined. Like, oh man, that's some Big Ten football right there. But uh, <laughs> Cow- spe- speaking on the speaking on the Cowboys though, they've been it's been fun to watch too, which I hate. Um, I really like I, Micah. Yeah, he's so. He's, I, I was worried awesome. when he was. I was he worried when he got hurt. Here. Yeah, he should be. No one rushes the edge and covers the field sideline to sideline like him. Not even close. Yeah, it's it's been it's been a fun team to watch, and it's it's weird too to say like the only off the top of my head the only position with them where I'm kind of like a little iffy at is CB. Not I was thinking more like tackle. Yeah, their O line like is shoddy. It, it's it's weird. It, it's weird to be like the Cowboys O line leaves some to be desired after all these years of them seemingly having like the same four guys with like one always yeah. rotating spot. Um, it's whack. It Pretty is stand uh, on Zeke versus Pollard. Also, do you think oh, the definitely Pollard? I think they're over both. Zeke. Do you think the yeah. touch share should be more 50-50 than it is? Yeah, because right I now Pollard, Pollard has forty-four attempts and Zeke has eighty-one rushing attempts. I think if they want, if they were smart, I think it should be sixty. Like they, they should both have about sixty touches if we're just like evening out their share so far. I, mean, I think Pollard is much better, and I think he complements that line much better just because of what we said. They're a little less dominant, so you can't just run between the tackles as well. So I think they need that guy like Pollard to just run out on the sideline, and also I'm a Pollard investor, so. That would be great yeah. if he gets more touches. Important disclosure. Yeah, as, a a investor, <laughs> as a fellow Pollard investor, as a fellow Pollard investor, I feel you know. I feel like I, I feel like Zeke. You know, he's been actually pretty solid this year. I, but at the same time, I think. Um, I mean, it's just clear that Pollard is more explosive, and he's been more explosive. Yet the Cowboys have just had this immense investment into Zeke. And so it's just been hard for them to kind of cut ties from that, especially with how like close he is to Dak. So it's like, I don't know. It just seems like, especially after this year, I mean, Pollard's going to be a free agent and Zeke is, um, I mean, I think his contract's not guaranteed. So it's like, I don't know, like, where do you go from here? 
seems almost it seems like almost they're in a, in a, exactly because it's like this is a draft is loaded with running backs and it's and I mean the Cowboys I don't really feel like they're going to be prepared to to give Pollard like a huge extension you know I mean I think he you let him probably, walk and take his money right he he could go to like Atlanta and be like the lead back in Atlanta or something like that so it's uh-huh. like. I don't know. That's the thing is, you know, it's, it's tough to say like, and especially now that they're, you know, like they're probably going to make the playoffs as like a wild card team. So I don't know. Like, I feel like, I feel like Paul Pollard at times, like he has like some really bad games too. So it's like, it's tough. I don't really know what they're doing. I feel like they just kind of ride the hot hand. And I feel it's, it feels like that's working. So, you know, why why change? And Zeke's Zeke's reliable too. Like you know what you're going to get with Zeke anyway. So I don't think there's ever a chance that they're going to move off of Zeke like throughout the season. But I I just no. I, in general I think they'd be more successful with more of a fifty fifty right. snap share tar, or just, touch share. That's definitely like an off season thing where it's mm-hmm. like you know they'll probably like if they want to sign like offensive line or something like that they'll probably cut Zeke. Yeah, yeah. I think that consistency too is kind of exactly why it's the way that things stand now. I would yeah. like to see Pollard kind of get more, more touches. Maybe not necessarily too too much more in like the form of snap count, but just pure touches perspective. I think yeah, when he's in definitely. the game, you got to go to him a little more. Um, I almost had a perfect segue to the Falcons there, but let's talk about the <laughs> other bird team, uh, Eagles. They've been, football, they've baby. been, yeah. yeah. I, been, I don't <laughs> think there's much to talk about. I think they they look like the best team in the NFC right now yeah. by a decent amount. So the birds are they're flying high right now. The Eagles fans are going to be insufferable, unfortunately. Hopefully the they should get bounced. I, I think they. I can't I have, have two teams from Philly happy. Here, so I I've got a ton of friends down here that I went to high school with that were all Philly fans, and I Ugh. was stomping on their grave year after year after year. I was, it was like my favorite part of the year is when they would get bounced. Um, After not having to be around Philly fans for a while and learning the joys that are inside of a Philly cheesesteak, I've become almost sympathetic. (laughs) And now I'm like, okay, I kind of want these teams to do well, at least one, but they're kind of spoiled right now with three of the four, teams being good and then the flyers just being fucking stank an absolute shit show not just bad but like there's some potential crazy stories that are going to be coming out of there with uh tortorella and d'angelo being in the same uh being in the same locker room um all right back to the og bird team we were talking about atlanta um i don't it hurts me to talk about them um I what are your was, thoughts? I like them. I I like them and think they could be so much more still. And that's the part that's pissing me off. Is like they aren't fully living up to their potential. This does not have it. It has a little to do with Kyle Pitts. The smallest amount to do with Kyle Pitts. Um, it just feels like there's too like. I just hope that they don't miss out on too many opportunities late in games or 
at crucial points of games to the point where it costs them being able to compete for the playoffs. Because then at that point, I think it's a reflection on on their coach who, you know, maybe that is the issue. I don't know. But I, the thing that disappoints me is I feel like they can be so much more. Bucks game, they got screwed. They got absolutely screwed. Yeah. So, I, I mean, coming into the year, everybody thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the league, and they've been in every single game. I mean, they've lost three games by combined, like, nine points. And it's it's just like you watch their offense, and it doesn't matter who you put at running back. Like, you watch the holes at their O-line, which – everyone thought would be terrible have created like it doesn't matter who's running back there that's why all four of the guys they've used have been good and efficient but I mean you can only do so much with Mariota at at quarterback and like I think London is going to be a guy and they got to use Pitts more efficiently and effectively but it's it's there like the the proof of concept is there and I think they're just missing a few pieces weapon-wise. And, like, defense definitely probably needs some work, but they're playing good. Like, they're they're keeping the team in the game. So, I don't know. It's been a pleasant surprise. And, like, I, I don't know. I really like their, uh, their offense. I just don't think they got the, uh, the weaponry for it um, to be – contending or maybe push for the playoffs but um i like it and i like the moves they're doing cutting the ties of the old regime uh just eating the money this year and the next few years i think they'll uh be a dangerous squad especially too because like the bucks you know they're what are they gonna do they're very close to dangerous territory They're here. Crossroads. They're, yeah. Like they were, they were going to be in it, but you have a receiving core there who as good as they are extremely injury prone. We've seen that play out. Um, everyone's aging. Everyone's aging besides the defense. So if the Bucks need to rebrand themselves as a defensive team who can't do anything on offense, I don't know. I don't know how well that's going to play going forward. Um, even though it's a, over that, I like the Panthers too. Stink. Yeah, and Panthers who knows are awful. What the Saints are. They're cheaters for how they use their tight ends for yeah. strictly for fantasy purposes. <laughs> I think with yeah. the Falcons too, it's like, um, it, it definitely feels like that they, you know, have a ton of potential with like the weapons that they have. And, you know, it's just literally a matter of the quarterback position and what, and like, whether or not, like, they can really unlock the potential of those guys. Um, you, I mean, London looks so good. I mean, when I saw that, when I saw the Falcons play the Seahawks in Seattle, I mean, he was all over the field. Um, and Pitts, it just feels like a matter of the opportunity for him. You know, it's just, it's, it, it seems like that they've been kind of, they've been kind of babying him a little bit, you know, limiting his snaps and, you know, he, he hasn't been playing badly, uh, but it's, you know, it's just, a, it's just a matter of, you know, is he, is he ever, is the offense going to be able to unlock his potential? Cause he, we all know how good of an athlete he is and he is a good player. 
it's just like it just maybe it won't play out like a Travis Kelsey situation, but he could still be like a very good player. And so that's the thing is like, I, I feel like, especially this off season, you know, we, we did get kind of, I mean, I still think it could happen. It could happen with him. Like he could still be this phenomenal tight end, but it's, but it's also, but it's also at the same time, it's, it's, it's been a year and a half and, it's like very sparingly have we been able to really like see that potential layout despite the, you know, the quarterback play that's, he's really been unfortunate to have. So I don't know. It's just a, it's just a matter. Maybe it's a matter of time with them to be able to unlock, unlock those guys to their fullest potential. Uh, but I mean, it, it's already clear that they're going to be very good. It's just a matter of like, to the degree of, you know what that offense is like because like kylie was saying like they it's you know it seems like arthur smith especially if he's the head coach they're gonna probably be a run heavy team no matter who the quarterback is and so that's gonna be like so it's just a you know they could be really still be really efficient it's just like are they gonna be are they gonna like what kind of offense is that gonna be so that's a really it's just a really good question to think about yeah and i mean like it's crazy to me too because uh with with kind of how the south has played out it's i mean just football in general this year it's been it's weird it's been strange it's been everyone's ugly. 500 yeah everyone's 500 we had a tie-in week one the geno smith is like a top five mvp candidate dog. like <laughs> shit is ridiculous um but still very uh very interesting to watch. Uh, like, if you told me the Broncos, like the Broncos have looked worse than the Seahawks pretty consistently. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, I'll just I'll throw the lob to Seattle on that one. We've got like three minutes left in this pod, so I mean, if there's any Russell Wilson slander you got or Geno Smith praise, the floor is yours, my friend. Like, I mean, at this point, you know, I mean, at the beginning of the year when the Seahawks played the Broncos, I was like. Like you know, just ready to boo Russ, and just it was like it was it was fun for the the game experience, especially because you know I think so many people expected us to like uh, you know praise him as he came back, and you know that wasn't really the case, especially he it, uh, you know a lot of the a lot of the former players have kind of talked about how he they, he they didn't really have the best relationship with him and and things like that. I mean, they're all they're all friends, but it's like you know, Russ is kind of his own guy in a, in a way. And he was always kind of, he always felt like he needed to be treated differently. Um, and, you know, he got that treatment. He's gone to Denver and this offense is supposedly supposed to be catered around him. But, you know, it's just, I think the main thing is Russ has regressed to, to what degree. I don't think, I, I feel like this is the floor right now of how he's supposed to be it probably will get better. I think it will get better. You know, it's just a matter of time, I think, but um, is it going to be necessarily the situation or that it's, I don't think this is a situation where it's like the bucks or the Rams where a QB is going to go in and they're immediately going to be contender, you know, it may take a few years or it may never happen because I just don't think the Broncos have the kind of uh, high upside talent on their roster right now 
to be able to win the Super Bowl. I think they're very good. And, you know, especially the Javante injury, that was horrible. But it's just a, but it's like, it's just, it seems like a team of a lot of good players that are just, they're incohesive right now. And they don't really know how to work with each other. And like Jerry Judy is, you know, seems like he is like only getting a few targets a game as compared to Corlin Sutton. So it's just the offense just seems completely out of whack. And so I don't know. I think that, I think the Broncos will get better. Um, and the Seahawks, you know, it's just been a fun year. Go Gino, baby. That's all I have to say about them. The defense stinks. I mean, but who cares? <laughs> Tank <Yeah>. season, baby. <laughs> no, it's a, it's definitely it's a fun one. Uh, I had one last uh, one last player I wanted to shout out of the rookie variety for uh, this season. Uh, Jack Jones from New England is disgustingly good. Um, cornerback at Arizona State for them. He just yeah. Every every week it seems like he's doing something. Uh, this cornerback class for this this year this year's rookies is insane. Like there's just so many good corners. Yeah. Shout out Roger. Yeah, but any uh, any buzzer beaters here? Are we uh, are we good to go? The cold fucking sting. And London games can get on board with this. Uh, Kenyon Green is goaded, and Jameson Williams better come back soon. All right, uh, next up, NBA pod, probably another episode, though. So uh, in the meantime, peace.